blue skies cool. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line, on our wings, and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust, like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low-pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with a couple of victims in person this time. So cheers. cheers. You got to do cheers. it the right way. If I can, anytime, got to lubricate the conversation a little bit. So tell me, who the fuck are you guys and what do you do? Uh, my name is Brandon Johnson. I am a professional skydiver. You are a professional skydiver. My name is Evan Brown. I guess you could also call me a professional a skydiver. Professional skydiver. You <laughs> said that with the air quotes and everything. You're a professional skydiver. I've seen you work. Yeah. yeah. I, do, I do all right. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to call it like professional. It's just, it's too much fun. Yeah. See, that's the thing, right? Is, I mean, I've been in this sport for fucking 25 years and I don't consider myself a professional anything. I'm just having a good time with it. Yeah. Most days I'm still like surprised that they pay me to do this. Right. Because when I started out, it was just like a secret that I never wanted to be like, oh, I would totally do this for free. Right. But here we are. That seems to be the big thing too, right? I mean, most people are like, well, yeah, I'll just keep doing this. If, if you took the job away and didn't pay me anymore, but I still had the plane and a rig. Do You're going to go. Well, you can pay me. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So professional skydivers, obviously you got your start somewhere, but is is skydiving the only extreme, and I use air quotes for that, extreme sport that you guys are up to? Uh, at the moment, yeah. I mean, I've dabbled a little bit in base jumping, but haven't like pursued it 
to the extent that others are actually pursuing it. Sure. So right now, like most of my focus is mostly like in skydiving right sure. now. As far as the extreme stuff goes, everything else is still kind of like, uh, like bungee jumping can never do that. But uh, <laughs> it's just a fucking rubber band yeah, tied yeah, yeah. to your feet. <laughs> Too many things can go wrong. Yeah. Right. Maybe like paragliding or something. I don't know if that's considered extreme or not, but. I mean, depends on your perspective, I guess, right? From a skydiver's perspective, paragliding might not be extreme, but, uh, you know, to somebody that watches, you know, Sunday football, True, pretty yeah, fucking yeah. extreme. How about you? Um, other than skydiving, I, I really enjoy water sports, especially surfing. Okay. Uh, I got my start in skydiving in Hawaii, so I, I like all things involving water. Nice. Trying to kill you, so. Fair enough. Yeah, really big into that as well. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, I've done very little surfing and I suck really bad at it, <laughs> but surfing is a lot like skydiving in that it's a shitload of fun, even if you're no good at it, yeah. uh, which is nice, but surfing has damaged me almost as much, if not more, than skydiving does. <laughs> it's... It's pretty hardcore. It's rough, yeah. It's probably the hardest sport I've ever had to learn, by far. It's, it was harder than skydiving for me to take on, for sure. But way more rewarding. Way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one expense, and then you just get yourself to the beach, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, skydiving is, is definitely cost prohibitive. I mean, it's a rough sport to get started in, right? It is, yeah. yeah. It costs a bit to get up and running. <sighs> well, and, and even just to keep it going, I mean, you might get you, – you go out and you get that first jump and then the first course and then the first rig, but you still – man, it's money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. What's the old joke? Uh, skydiving will cost $200 for your first jump and half your income for the rest of your life. That's true. It's about right, right? Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys get into it? I mean, especially knowing it's like it's not a cheap sport to get started in. And... Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was living in Hawaii at the time with these girls that I used to snowboard with. Mm. And uh, one of them, Skydive, was on sale, so we went out for that. I was just being a surf bum at the time. Uh, so we went out for that first skydive because it was cheap. And after that, just hooked. Se yeah. Seven years ago, and here we are now. So one jump, that's all it took. Yeah. I showed up the next day, and I finished my A license within like three weeks. And it was just like boom, 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 boom. And then, yeah, it was just a snowball effect. Nice. It's now, crazy. you said you were living in Hawaii at the time. Uh, you're not from there originally? No. No, I'm from Oregon. Okay. E even though I have a nice Hawaii look, which helps me in the lineup. Uh, but, yeah, I was there for like three or four months before I started skydiving. No, what took you to Hawaii? Uh, actually, it was a breakup. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it was, uh, I was, I was dating a guy from high school and, and he just left me and he said, at the time I didn't understand it, but he said, you're too extreme. We have different lifestyles. I can't keep up with you. And at the time I was just very angry, didn't get it. And looking back now, like, oh, damn it, he was right. <laughs> You're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. yeah. And it, since then, I've, I've actually thanked him for it because I was like, wow, that, that actually changed so much of my life. Hawaii is a pretty rough place to end up in after a breakup. I mean, you did all right. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It, I thanked him a lot. So. I bet. Now, Brandon, how'd you get started in skydiving? Uh, I was working in Kuwait as a security contractor there. Okay. And then uh, Kuwait. Fuck, that's pretty extreme right there. Yeah, true. I mean, Kuwait's kind of chill, though. It's not like... No, I mean the security contract Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. It can get kind of kind of interesting out there. Is that post-military? Post-military, yeah. I got out of the military, and then it was like, cool, I can get paid to do the same exact thing, in, or do the same exact thing, get paid three times as much. Like, right. Why not do that? Yeah. Uh, so I ended up going on that route, and then I was just like, cool, I'm going to take a, a four-day vacation out of country, and then went out there and saw they had skydiving. I was like, cool, let me try that. You know, AFF, I'll sign up to it. Because I didn't want to do a tandem. Right. Because I thought I was like too big. I'm 6'3", 220 pounds. I didn't want to be strapped to another guy. I was right, like, right. I just want to go straight and learn on my own. Did the ground school and did the first one. Uh, absolutely shitting myself <laughs> the whole time on the way up. And then once I was out, I was like, this is this is it. I like this. This nice. is, is going to be my new thing. Nice. And then after that, I was hooked. Every single weekend, I'd be flying out. And then which eventually led to me calling in sick and getting fired from that job <laughs> to come skydive so and i'm kind of glad it kind of changed my life and put me in a position where i didn't have a choice but to become a professional skydiver well, i had a choice but like the easiest route out was like be a professional skydiver sure and well then, it's kind of funny man i mean you're far from the first person that ended up in skydiving because they fucked their previous career <laughs> so that they could go skydive yeah I mean, that's, I hate to say it, but that's a pretty common theme, Is it? but it's a cool theme. Yeah. But for, especially for a guy your size, I mean, that's kind of, 
I fit really easily into a small jump plane, and and yeah. uh, equipment is not tough for me to manage. But again, at six three two twenty, that's a tough beginning. I mean, it's yes. gear's got to be tough to find. Instructors that can keep up with it, you know. I mean, that's that's hardcore. Did Sur- you find that a problem? No, I mean, surprisingly, my instructors were the two smallest girls <laughs> <laughs> at the drop zone as my first jump. But they they stuck with me fine. But gear, I did find a problem, like finding stuff that would fit me initially. For like the size canopies I was jumping, so I ended up having to buy brand new mm. uh, or brand new container, anyways, and use use canopies. But, sure, uh, it was a struggle to find like gear to start off with. Yeah, I mean that's another thing that people don't tell you when you're getting started in skydiving is that it's not just going to cost you money, but depending, it's going to be t- especially if you want to go custom yeah. or you're trying to find secondhand. I mean, if you want to go be a ski bomb, it's pretty easy to find a pair of sticks that you can go ski on. But with skydiving, fuck, it's three thousand dollars out the door, right? Yeah. Just out the gate, it's tough. Is. Now, where are you from originally? Dallas or Arlington, Texas. But I say Dallas because no one really knows where Arlington is. But yeah, it's fair right enough. by each other. So now, for both of you guys, um, obviously you started out on different paths and ended up jumping out of airplanes. What do the family think of skydiving? I think my dad thinks I'm crazy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, what do you do? But I think he's also kind of like low-key proud because sure. I'm doing what I want and I'm getting to do like cool stuff. And I think my mom's just happy that I'm I'm happy. So I think she's okay with it. Still can't convince either one of them to come jump. Oh. But, you know, maybe one day. Fair enough. Happen. You know, it's kind of funny. That seems to be a theme, too, with, with families is fathers seem to have a harder time with it than moms because I think moms just want you to be happy. Yeah. They're cool with that. But dads are like, what the f- are you doing? <laughs> like, you could have been a doctor or something. Like, right? like yeah, hey. All right. I'm living my life. What would your family think? Uh, so to be honest, uh, this wasn't the first extreme sport that I tried to like take this seriously. So like the second blow was actually really easy on my family. Uh, the first time was snowboarding. Uh, and when I dropped out of college to pursue snowboarding, they didn't talk to me for two years. Whoa. So it was, it was a pretty rough start on that one. So by the time I came around to skydiving, we were easy breezy. We'd had already been through it. It was actually, fair enough. Fair <laughs> it enough. was pretty easy to get through. What were you going to be when you grew up when you were in college? Uh, doctor, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, eh, fair enough. It's a big letdown. Um, yeah, so <laughs> can't fault him for that. Can't fault him for that. Yeah. I mean, I mine was kind of similar in that uh, by the time I got around to skydiving, my family was just relieved. I think they were like, oh, thank fuck. It's something easy. We can deal with this. Yeah, people this jump fine. fine. Whatever. People jump it's, out of it. Go. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, they were really set on you being a, an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. It's just something uh, growing up in, a, in an Asian family. It's just what you get. Like the, what I was told when I was growing <laughs> up, the three options I had was to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a pilot. Those were the three options. Really? Um, yeah, that was that's what I was given the choice of. So dropping out of college was not in the game plan. Threw a big bomb in the plans. I mean, that's pretty – two years. That's a long time to just cut your kid off and not even talk to them because they wanted to choose their own path. Yeah, I think it was just – it was an ultimate, like, who's going to give in first? And I was, I was young and I was so hard-headed at the time that I was like, it's definitely not going to be me. <laughs> and so I did win out because eventually my family was like, we miss you. Uh, so it worked out, and then at that point, it was adjusting to Asian families are so used to success. So at that point, they adjusted to the fact that maybe I should just be happy. Sure. So by time skydiving rolled around, oh, it was so easy. What do you think it is about that culture that drives success over happiness? Uh, I'm not sure. It's not. It's not that it's entirely super wrong but there's something about asians where you grow up that you need to be more successful than your parents you have to keep leveling up that's the whole idea of the culture is that you are you you do better than your parents your kids do better than you so that we all just keep going up in a Mm. a giant slope uh but it's it's pretty hardcore sure we didn't grow up hugging we didn't grow up saying i love you we do now sure because we've gotten past that hump but uh yeah it was it's very very cold type of upbringing which in one regard breeds a lot of success sure but it's it's a lot of pressure well yeah and it doesn't leave a whole lot of room for happiness there's no wiggle room for for doing what you love yeah happiness is not a giant priority oh well i see in that from for for me particularly i think that's a much bigger measure of success I mean, I know some pretty fucking miserable rich people. I'm sure you guys do as well. It's, you know, money is not, it's nice. It's, you know, it's fun to have a little bit of money in the bank and be able to buy what you want to buy. But if you're shit and miserable all the time, what good is that? Yeah, 100%. There's definitely, there's a balance. There's definitely a balance. And a lot of that, like, your upbringing, how your parents raise you changes, changes so much. Sure. Uh, And yeah, for me, happiness was not 
high on the list of things that I needed to worry about. It was it was grades, it was success, it was money, it was having a, a sweet resume. Like sure, that's what was important. Wow, uh, wow. Now with you, especially having gone into mil- what? How old were you when you went in the military? Uh, went in the military at twenty two, I believe. Okay, yeah. and what branch? Air Force. Air Force. Oh, nice, nice. So um, they, you got out of the military and then went into the, the military contracting stuff. Yes. Um, I'm assuming that they thought that that was just the path you were going to take. Well, I think well the path they thought I was going to take, <coughs> I was going to stay in the whole time in the military. Life Cause like yeah, because my grandfather and my aunt were both like in Air Force as well, and they did their time in there. So I, my mom kind of wanted me to go down that route and stay down that route. Sure. But at the time when I was what 25, 26, when I got out, I was like. More yeah. money, yeah. <laughs> shorter time in. I can kind of still have my freedom. Yeah, I went down that, and then I think they thought I was going to stick with that. Like they definitely did not see skydiving coming in. That was kind of like blindsided them. But uh, you know, I I don't know. Sure. Now, uh, what did you do in the Air Force? Military police. You were an MP. I was an MP. See yeah. that I can see <laughs> that I can see. It's because it's funny. It's because you, appearance-wise, as tall as you are and as big as you are. I, I, if I was going to talk anything extreme, I'd expect you were MMA. You were out <laughs> kicking ass. So the MP stuff I get, but I wouldn't look at you and go, a guy that size and built is a skydiver. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to match. I you get know? that a lot. It's more like, oh, you play basketball or you play football or something. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. skydiving? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> but that's cool, though, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of fun to do something that's completely unexpected. Yeah. And I'm sure you both get that, too. People ask you what you do, whether it's for fun or for work, and you say skydiving, and people don't know how to react. Uh, just like, what? The general public doesn't get it. Now, being working skydivers, you guys are working all the time with people that have never jumped before, doing tandem shooting video and all that kind of stuff. Do you guys like that kind of interaction with people that have no idea what's coming? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's, I love it as well. It's a mystery. It's a challenge. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Sure. You yeah. have to be a psychiatrist right? or a psychologist, I should say, right? Yeah. You have to learn how to read people at almost the drop of a hat and figure out what's going to get this fucking guy out of the plane. <laughs> sure. And sometimes you've like, with all your experience, you're reading all that and you're like, this is what's going to happen. And you can still be wrong once in a while. Right. It's cool. Plenty of passengers like, oh, this guy's going to be the perfect student. Everything's going to go perfect. Out the door, knees up. Side spin, yeah, surprise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, being your size, a bigger guy, it's the little ones that's yeah, it's shit like out the small me. ones. I'm like, oh, it's a piece of cake solo, wrong. No, <laughs> it's never that way, never that way. Now, are you doing tandems and video? Yeah, yes. So, what's it like when you get saddled up with somebody like him? Honestly, I'm. I think I'm just more of an. I'm. I. I love big guys as well. Honestly, like I love the weight. Little girls scare the shit out of me. Mm. Horrible. Just mm. like yeah. Uh, I. I like the weight just because gravity does the work there. Sure. At, at that point, the briefing doesn't really matter. Let's just get out. You're going. To, your weight is going to bring us down. Right. Uh, but yeah, those skinny girls or or tall skinny guys. Just oh uh, yeah, the tall skinny guys. The people that well. barely Scary, fit the right? harness. Yeah. Those are the ones. Those that the was ones. what I always um, the the phrase "dress for success" was my only way I survived because I'm not quite five ten. I'm not a tall guy. I was pretty thick when I was doing tandems. So I always, no matter how hot it was, wore a full jumpsuit that was like the old style delivering oh, pizzas yeah. baggy. Man, <laughs> I got that shit done because. Every once in a while, you get handed the wild card, and it's pretty easy to find somebody that's over six foot tall and lighter than me. Uh, and next thing you know, you're on your back working for it because yeah. this guy's just spread out in the wrong <laughs> yeah. direction. Oh, man. No, see, but that's what impresses me so much about the finesse that smaller women uh, put into taking big-ass guys because, holy shit, that's some work. Yeah, it is some work. It's that, That's my preferred student. But, yeah, I think especially with anyone bigger than me, I put a bit more effort into the briefing for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I'd obviously pay a little bit more attention to the exit because people sitting here with more service area than me can clearly overpower me right. not knowing what they're doing. Uh, but I think... A lot of tactic and skill goes a long way. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. You you hit the nail on the head with a briefing, um, and getting someone to relax in a situation that is almost impossible them, for them to relax in. And my key phrase always used to be, "This is all the things that we want you to do. This is how this is supposed to go." And then I would always finish it up by saying, "And if you fuck everything up, we're still going to have fun. I'm just going to work harder." And every time they would relax just enough to realize okay, now I don't have to worry so much because no matter what I do, this guy's going to take care of me. 
and you just tell them, hey, it's it's breakfast time and everybody has dinner. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It helps a lot with that. In today's day and age, too, it's really nice. Uh, I threaten people a lot with, "You're going to ruin your pictures and video <laughs> if you don't do it." And I'll, I'll be damned with how motivating that is. Sure. It's oh, <laughs> God, yes. The whole world is all wrapped up in the next picture and the next thirty-second video. And man, it's changed so much, and it's changed the sport so much. Yeah. When I got started, it was um, a bunch of dirt bags and dirty rigs and horrible fucked up jumpsuits. And the more fucked up your gear was and the dirtier your jumpsuit was, the more badass you probably were. <laughs> and now it's matching gear and perfect jumpsuits and just... Super clean. Uh, which is yeah. amazing. It's fucking great. It, it, it's spectacular looking, but it's a different world. Yeah. It's a yeah. different world. So now you both got started doing um, just obviously the you did you went through your AFF you got licensed real quick you pretty much knew what you wanted to do right away as well mm. when did you know you wanted to work in the sport when I got fired what was your first gig in skydiving uh, I went so I went back uh, to Dallas okay right after I left that other job <laughs> and then I did my coach AFF in tandem all back-to-back in the month of July. And then... Fucking hell. Yeah. I I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I know I need these ratings, so let me go and do it. And then when I did it, it was like a working interview almost. It was like when I finished, they were like, cool, so do you want a job? And I was like, yeah. Because it was in my hometown as well, so I could crash at my parents' place. I didn't have to try and figure anything out too crazy. (laughs) And then it kind of just worked out from there. Is that... See, that's where... I jump into the dad mode and think, oh, he's he's definitely gone backwards. <laughs> yeah, that, that I can see the disappointment. He's like, you're back. I'm yeah, like, he uh, was a military <laughs> contractor. He was doing his own thing, and now he's on my fucking couch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm in town, you know. It's, it's Dude, nice that's, to see me. that's fucking hardcore. <laughs> Coach, tandem, and AFF. It was miserable. All in one smash. That yeah, was rough. Dude, was I rough. mean, mentally... The, the tandem course out of those is the easiest, in my opinion. Yeah. But how the fuck did you get your head around AFF during all of that with all of that going on? I think it was just like, I need to pay some bills. <laughs> so I need to pass this course. So I was just trying to focus on that. Like, I, en- I enjoyed it. It did get stressful to the point, like, because they would, like, pick on whatever you suck at. Sure. So the, that was just sort of me being a bigger guy. Like, they like to get super floaty on me. And I'm just, like, 700 jumps trying to, like, figure out how to float up. But it was it was motivating because it let me see where I sucked at in skydiving, like what I needed to work on, and it kind of helped me become better in the end of it. What was your biggest challenge? Falling slow. Like when they start floating and spinning and they're just going up, and I can't, no matter how much drag I put on, I couldn't figure out how to properly fall slower. Like they sure. do the stuff they tell you in AFF, but then like that and doing it in the tunnel is two different like sure. styles sure and once i started doing it more of like the tunnel style i found like way more success but i didn't figure that out till like a year and a half ago well and i mean 700 jumps really when you're talking about it is pretty fucking low time yeah. to be doing all that i mean it's that's not a lot of experience and for anybody that's low time in skydiving sorry but 700 jumps is not a lot of fucking <laughs> jumps <laughs> it really isn't i mean you're just starting to figure out how not to die at 700 yeah. jumps i mean that's you had to know that going into it too that holy shit i'm biting off a lot yeah i was like this is a lot for like right now so this is coming from a fun jumper not expecting to go into the professional side of skydiving it was like bam it was a lot to kind of take in at once but now what was your thing with fun jumping what was your groove angle flying yeah 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 because like here in the desert you know or yeah yeah, yeah. here in the desert like it's nothing but like mostly tracking camp everyone just likes to do angles and tracking and stuff like that so we did that for the first 400 500 jumps and then finally started trying to free fly. And now it's kind of changed a little bit more. But angle flying was my thing. Nice. Still is. But at the time when I first started off as a fun jumper, that's what it was. And did you combine um, fun jumping, actual jumping with tunnel time as well? Uh, a little bit. I wasn't hitting the tunnel as hard then when I was a fun jumper. Uh, I hit it a little bit. But more so after I was already a professional skydiver. Then I started, like when Instagram and stuff started coming out, <laughs> I started seeing the other styles of flying and stuff that people were doing. I wanted to learn to do that, and then that's when I started hitting the tunnel a lot harder. Oh, man, the tunnel stuff. Oh. It's it's the most incredible thing to watch and the most humbling thing uh, yeah. as a longtime old guy to try. Holy <laughs> shit. Because I got my start in the original tunnel. Well, one of the original tunnels in Las Vegas that you had to wear the big baggy balloon suits, and yeah. I had hundreds of hours in that tunnel, but it's not a modern tunnel. And the first time I got in a modern tunnel, <sighs> Humbling, humbling. <laughs> it's glass walls. 
Oh, man, it's everything, man. It's the clean air. It's the glass walls. It's the level that flyers have taken it to now that they make everything look so easy and so difficult at the same time. Yeah. Trying to figure out how someone did this small little move is almost impossible. Yeah, because it looks like they're barely even moving. They're just like... Well, just, and you watch the great ones. Yeah. Like you watch Raph in the tunnel and yeah. this fucking guy <laughs> sticks his little toe out and the most amazing thing yeah. happens. Yeah. It's just, how about you? So for uh, um, your start in professional skydiving? Uh, after leaving Hawaii, I lucked into military contracting for a while. So I've never been in the military, but I did that for three years, just teaching different SF groups how to skydive. Where were you at? Uh, in California. We were based in Southern California. We went to Europe. We went to Arizona, and then a, a mostly California. So it was different drop zones? Uh, different drop zones, different groups, yeah. Um, were you So San Diego or Paris? Paris. Um. Yeah, based more out of Paris, um, but worked with a bunch of different countries, which was really cool. Uh, and then it, it built a lot of dif- discipline. Didn't Didn't build a lot of fun jumping for me, but it built a lot of discipline. Uh, and straight through that, I got my ratings, and then it just it's just been kind of work, work, work. So I kind of missed my fun jumping phase, mm. which I'm trying to get through. Be careful now. with that. <laughs> Be careful with that. What did you think of the military, guys? It was cool. It was... Um, I didn't appreciate it so much at the time because it was my first start in skydiving. I was like, this is a skydiving job. And at the time, everyone else was like, how dare you? You're getting paid so well. This is so easy. And now looking back, it's great. It was a bunch of athletic guys that did exactly what I was told right. when I said it the first time. Right. It was amazing, yeah. And now now getting people that are, that are not military trained. <laughs> that have fucking independent thoughts of <laughs> yeah, their own. Damn, that was easy, wasn't it? Ooh. Those fucking military guys, man, no matter what, they don't have to understand. It doesn't have to make any sense. They will do exactly do what the fuck they're told. No questions. I flew at uh, San Diego and I was flying uh, um, just a, a temporary job with TAC Air and, and it was the guys coming out of SEAL teams uh, doing their free fall stuff. And these fucking guys were jumping no moon night jumps into hills. Shit. Shit that I and I had nine thousand jumps at the time. I'm like, fuck you. There's no way in hell I do that. And they're out the door. Don't even think twice about. No questions. Amazing. They're not allowed to ask questions. No, no. (laughs) So fun jumping. You're you're trying to become a fun jumper. Yeah. What do you like? I'm getting there. Angle flying. I like angle flying, definitely. Um, I yeah, because through all the military, through through starting in skydiving so early, all I got to do was fly belly, and I coached. Uh, belly in the tunnel and I did a lot of belly and we we turned points and we did a lot more belly and then we did belly with rucksacks mm. and then we did belly without rucksacks and it was yeah it was a lot of that so I'm pretty tired of belly um, so yeah angle flying trying to like I feel like I'm Benjamin buttoning my way through skydiving sure because I started out like what would consider most people would consider the top and now yeah I'm just trying to be a fun I'm just trying to have more fun with it again oh yeah no, oh, best thing I ever did was quit being a professional skydiver and go out and be a fun jumper. That sucks. It's amazing. <laughs> There's nothing better than being the worst skydiver on a plane. Such low pressure. Yes, absolutely. Say. There's no pressure whatsoever because I know if anybody's going to fuck up the jump, it's going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm good with that. So where do you see it going? I mean, obviously you kind of both are hitting your stride in skydiving and, and kind of finding your way and, and kind of hit, have hit a groove. Where is it you want it to go from here? At this point, I'm not sure for me personally. I, I'm not quite sure, but I do know I need to fly a lot more tunnel and I need to fun jump <laughs> a lot more. So that's, that's like what I'm focused on right now. Nice, nice. Yeah. How about you? Is there something specific you're aiming at? Uh, like ideally, perfect world. I would probably say getting into more of like the organizer circuit of just like hopping around to different locations, skydiving and organizing, coaching. Like, like Will Penny, for example. Like just traveling around, living the dream, right. just coaching, going right. everywhere. So like that's like the my pinnacle. And then maybe when I'm done with that, like the military would be more of a retirement when you have something consist- like sure. consistent and salary and benefits and sure. stuff like that. Well, but, we've all been lucky. We've met some of the rock stars in the sport that basically just travel the world teaching other people to do yeah. the cool shit that they do. So I can see exactly why yeah. you'd want to aim for something like that. Really appealing. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Well, and then the the OGs, the guys that uh, that I grew up uh, emulating, um, the the Flyboys. You know, Mike Ortiz working with the military for years and years, and this is one of the guys that taught us this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omar Al Hijalan, same thing. I mean, 
amazing, incredible flyer to this day. Uh, and that's one of the cool things, too, because you guys are kind of the next generation coming up, mm-hmm. and I'm the older generation. But this sport is one of the only sports that I know of where that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I mean, you guys work with older and younger than you now that are in the sport. It's yeah. pretty fucking yeah. cool. It really is cool. Age is really not a big factor in the sport as compared to most sports. Like Neither is, neither is gender. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh. That's one of the coolest things about it, too. I mean, you said you had two little girls that taught you how to skydive. Yeah. Gender has nothing to do with this sport. Chicks yeah. are, oh, my God, I've been flown into the ground by so many women, and it's incredible. Yeah. So a lot of people argue that women are better built for skydiving anyways, honestly. I, well, and yeah. I think it's a mentality. Um, I mean, you said it. You were scared shitless on the ride up to altitude yeah. on your first jump. Same with me, man. The the idea, uh, even when I was going through my course, it was a constant battle with fear, whereas women are like, yeah, I'm scared, but let's get this shit done. And women seem to handle fear better than men. Yeah. I don't know, something with the upbringing, something with the environment. It's just like, well, this is where we are. Here we go. Pretty much. Well, I think also, too, especially coming from the States, um, you and I both were raised in a time and a place where guys are supposed to be fucking tough. We got to be badass. You can't show fear. And women are taught it's okay to show fear and you're going to overcome it and do all this. And men, we... Try and gut their way through it. Just like and hide it. Just like, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. Absolutely. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're shitting yourself. <laughs> Most of the refusals that I've seen in skydiving are men. Yeah. Most yeah. of them, you know, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the great equalizer. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, your logo. I fucking love yeah. this logo. And you've now got it on the side of your rig, which is amazing. Please describe the logo and tell me where it came from. Uh, so it said panda with an afro. Yes. It's also a galaxy. With like a spaceship in the in the pick of it. Which, so, <laughs> tell me, Complex. where did this come from? So the the panda in general came from from Munting. Like I don't know where he got it from. He just started calling me Pan. Maybe like Brandon Brando Pando, and yeah. then it just turned into Pando. And then he started calling me that, and that eventually just became my nickname at the drop zone. So then it was just one night. I was I think I just came back from somewhere. I was kind of tipsy already. And I was like, I'm gonna see if I can make a panda on Photoshop. <laughs> Boom, made the panda. Gave him the afro and put the galaxy in it because, you know, I kind of like space and all that sure. stuff like that. And then the afro because I'm African-American. Right. So I was like all one thing, boom. And then it just kind of took off from there. So Dude, it's such a great <laughs> fucking logo, man. I mean, there's no way you can mistake it. Sure. I always know it's the fun load that I'm flying because I'll see the panda getting on board. And I'm like, all right, here we go. See if we can get a little more Staff altitude. load. <laughs> That's fucking so cool. It really is. Well, and so you also managed to, beside the fact that you're, you have your own logo, mm-hmm. um, you're sponsored as well. Yes. You yes, got I picked think. up by NZ Aerosports. NZ Aerosports, yeah. How the hell did that happen? Uh, I don't I think it was Shannon reached out to me. I think it was... I can't remember when it when it happened, but I think I was like big on social media. I was tagging them in a lot of stuff, and then I think it may like me also being like one of the few African Americans in the sport. I think it was like right after maybe around the whole George Floyd thing kind of kicked off, mm. and then the world was kind of like diversifying more of all their stuff going on. Sure, and then me being African American that was flying NZ canopies, and I was already kind of like trying to talk with them, trying to get something to happen. They kind of finally picked me up. And then here we are. Do you find it, uh, um, especially Texas, Mm. you're in Texas, you're busting your ass uh, at what drop zone were you at? Spaceland Dallas. So amazing drop zone. Yes. Uh, Fantastic facilities and all that. uh, How many black guys were out there jumping? Like fun jumpers? or. me (laughs) is that weird i don't i I don't know i mean it's 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 kind of one of those weird things because like like in the black community skydiving extreme sports isn't something that is normally done within our culture sure so like it's hard enough you may see one or two come in for a tandem but you never really see them come out and get the license but we're like we're starting to grow slowly like there's i've seen a couple of guys i'm friends with a couple on instagram that are like there and they're trying to get more people to come out and i'm seeing more and more pop up but it's rare that I see more than one at a drop zone. That's just, a, which I, mean, I guess I get it. I mean, it's a bizarre sport anyway, and it's already a small sport. I mean, the sport itself in the world, we're, I mean, a blink. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> we really don't get a whole lot of traction. So I can imagine, not to mention, um, for it doesn't matter what where you're from or who you are, cost prohibitive like we've already discussed. So it's already super expensive, which keeps the sport even smaller. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be kind of strange to show up at a drop zone and you're hit. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool though, because I'm like, I'm like the token, <laughs> token black guy. I'm just like, up, guys, God, I have two. Hey, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Well, and coming from uh, an Asian family, uh, you've already said it ain't about happiness. So, but I, I know a number of Asian skydivers. Is do you think it's the same for you as well? It's I don't. It's not quite as bad, but like definitely the same road that we've gone along. Is, sure. is there's not a, as many Asian skydivers. It's predominantly white. And then next to that, it's Spanish. Sure. Um, and on top of that, I don't know, what I face uh, for a long time was like, Asians can't drive cars. How can they drive canopies? <laughs> like, so there was like a lot of jokes and stereotypes about like, yeah, Asians can skydive, but they're going to be shit at it. Um, so I've been fighting that for, for a minute now, just trying to prove like, no, we can. <laughs> sure. We're fine. Um, so yeah, it's not as bad, but yeah, same basic. Same basic fight. Do you think dealing with with racial shit um, just in general gives you a thicker skin to deal with how brash skydivers can be? Because for the most part, at least in my experience, all skydivers are pretty big-hearted, happy people that love to fuck with everybody. Um, And they don't ever mean anything bad by it, but you got to get a thick skin in skydiving. Um, Do you think it's helped coming from a challenging background? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's helped a little bit, yeah. Yeah. There are sometimes like where things get on that fine line and they start to (laughs) kind of blur and I'm like, you know, like it's those situations, but I does have a thicker skin, but I I don't let a lot of stuff get to me normally. But I mean, there are some situations that have came up where I'm kind of just like, yeah, sure. Well, now also too, both of you guys have, have been able to skydive internationally. Do you find that it's a lot different? The, the vibe in regard to race in regard in other countries when you're talking about skydiving? 100%. Yeah. It's way more open and everywhere outside of the States, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it just plays way less of a factor. Everyone is just way more open about it. Uh, the States is still just a little bit more behind in that regard. But also, I, I feel like there. internationally, there's more nationalities and races sure. in these countries versus America. It's, you know, it's primarily just the the white male sure. for the most part. But overseas, you get more Indians, Asians, sure. everything. Like, it's a bigger mix. Well, that was kind of the, the – and I had to examine that myself, too, because I remember thinking um, from the States I would meet people from all around the world because uh, there were Brits that were jumping all over the place and Irishmen and this and that and the other. And then I finally had to realize, yeah, it's a bunch of fucking white people from all these <laughs> countries. So it's the same thing. It's just a different accent. Yeah. Um, so, it, again, being a, a white guy from California, it's pretty difficult for me to put myself in that perspective. But that kind of snapped me into reality going, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's still just a bunch of white guys. <laughs> the one thing I always found and the, the thing that I think uh, has been a common theme in the podcast for sure has been the community of skydiving. And that for the most part, they don't give a fuck. Male, female, black, white, Asian. It doesn't really seem to matter. Are you any good? Are you stupid? Are you, you know, are you a, a, a conscientious skydiver? Are you helping other people out? That seems to be the most important stuff. But I think you're right. I think it just come out a bit more internationally than it does necessarily in the states. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're just a step ahead of the ahead of the states for sure. But yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, Slowly. yeah, getting there. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, you've both lived and traveled internationally. When are there plans to go home, or is it just uh, we'll see when it hap- if it happens when it happens? I mean, there's like the summer break, obviously. Like sure going home for two months and like usually i go home for those two months and i'm like okay i've, I've had enough i need to get back out of here <laughs> i need to go it's back american for me yeah oh. it's like enough of america and like for me the biggest thing is like i'm, fr- I'm from there so i'm always going to have that opportunity to go back there sure when it's all said and done so it's home personally like i'd rather spend more time away traveling around and then when i'm like cool i can't travel as much now like say if i had enough with a family or something then go back home i would hate to go back home young and then be like man i wish i could go here right. and there and do all this other stuff right that's my biggest fear is that it's the i wish i had instead of i wish i hadn't yeah. Yeah. i'd much rather go oh fuck i shouldn't have done that <laughs> <laughs> but man was it funny yeah absolutely it makes a good story i mean uh, bumps and bruises and, and broken bones aside yeah so now um any bucket list places you guys want to go jump any things that uh, are like i gotta see this i gotta go do this maldives yeah that's, that's one boogie i just like really really want to do uh, that's probably like the number one that I can think of right now on top of my head. Nice. Yeah. Well, this is a good one. New Zealand for me. I need to see New Zealand. One. Yeah. I don't know if I need to work there, but I need to see it. Yeah. I need to skydive there. It's just, it looks incredible. Well, not to mention New Zealand was like 
apex for for going out and cranking hard on jumping and extreme stuff. Not to mention, I mean, yeah. NZ Aerosports is there as well. Yes, they send it, yeah. It's so stunning out there. I was lucky enough to go out and jump on the beach out there for a, a season. And again, that's the cool thing, too, for you guys. Um, you've got all the ratings as well, AFF. Mm-hmm. So with all the ratings, pff, where can't you go? Sure. Yeah, it is cool. It is, uh, it's it's a, still, like, not quite fathomable to me that... Like, I was told, you get all the ratings, and you can basically work wherever you want. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, 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 cool. Got all the ratings, and then I was like, damn, you really can. Oh, it's, it's, it's fucking true. It's so easy. If you get the experience, you get the ratings, you can really just hop wherever you want for as long as you want. It's yeah. really, really cool. It's a little bit different now than it was uh, back when I was kind of hopping around, because now you've got different federations in different countries, and you have to have their licenses. Mm-hmm. But that's still, that's just jumping through hoops to yeah. get it. Some paperwork, It's yeah. just about getting the job. And yeah. I'm sure you guys both know the sport's pretty fucking small, in, especially in regard to reputation and, and who you know. Yeah. And so getting a gig is a matter of who you were nice to and and the, yeah. the good job that you yeah. did don't burn a lot of bridges <laughs> oh, man oh man oh man it's uh, um and that's easy to do right i mean oh, yeah. rep- reputations get fried real quick yeah people know real real quick <laughs> well and i think um same with the tunnel world as well the tunnel world is growing fast but it's easy to burn yourself in that too mm-hmm. I mean, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Do your best. <laughs> right? So um, as, you're, as you're progressing, um, especially with you trying to go backwards and become a fun jumper, um, are there competition uh, thoughts in, in mind going out and learning how to, you know, VFS, something like that? Yeah, ultimately that's the idea. I'd, I'd like to get into tunnel competitions and eventually maybe have the balls to get into canopy competitions. Mm-hmm. I've got some support from NZ, so I just, yeah, I just need to build the confidence, get myself out there. Sure. So, matter of time. How about you? Uh, yeah, definitely, like, we're doing the constant VFS training probably once a week now, so we do have a team that we're running with now. Uh, just started doing some dynamic in the tunnel, because, I mean, every other time I've flown in the tunnel, I've never actually paid attention to the actual lights that are on the side. Right. Until, like, the competition we had last night, right. the scrambles, and I had to be the number one and lead it. That's the first time I actually had to realize where to switch. And it turned out to be really fun. Like, it was, it was, I was stressing the fuck out for the sure. first 12 hours of the day. But then afterwards, <laughs> I was like, this is actually kind of fun. But definitely want to do some more dynamic VFS. Uh, one day canopy piloting, but it's hard for me to give up my full altitude skydives for hop and pops. Sure, so I'm trying to find find that balance out as well right now. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of the canopies nowadays, especially if it's competition stuff, most people aren't taking them into free fall. Yeah, and not to mention the cost of a fucking parachute. You don't want to be ragging out a competition canopy, no. jumping it every day. <laughs> now that's the funny thing, though. So even when you guys are working, you're still like, what are you flying? Uh, Leia seventy nine. Okay, so a proper canopy. What are you flying as well? JFX eighty four. Okay, so I mean, we're not talking slouch parachutes. This shit's pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, on a seventy nine, at your wing loading. Yes. Falling out the sky. <laughs> you you must be. I mean, so you're kind of. Kind of training for the future. Kind of, kind of, sort of, yeah. A yeah. little bit. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, competition swoopers started with a lot less. So, yeah. That's something. Yeah. That's something. Well, and I was just lucky enough to talk to the entire design crew from NZ Aerosports. In oh, fact, yeah. that's actually the one that's live right now. And those guys are working on all the new stuff. Nice. Oh, shit. Oh, maybe a new layer. Right? <laughs> it's already nerve wracking to watch these canopies coming in now. I mean, on a, uh, I'm watching guys that just shot a tandem video doing uh, blind men yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis because it's just old hat. And that used to be like, oh, my God, someone threw a blind man. Everybody stop what's going on and watch the video. And now it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. that was the new hotness. It's like the new yeah. thing. Now. It's easy now. Yeah. Not easy, but like for most of the staff it's now. Everyone's just regular. doing it like as a casual. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy to see that progression i mean it's a it, in that respect it's a lot like tunnel flying as well it's just gone fucking next yeah, people level. are just sending it what i just saw for the first time the other day was someone that ripped a blind man and then the in the other direction ripped a full miracle man and came back around so now it's like <laughs> tricks on top of tricks yep which is yeah it's just it's gone 
So far. Right, right. Well, and uh, I mean, the competition level stuff and the speed stuff that's going on, that's where I start to get puckered up. I mean, the the end-all, be-all canopy for my generation was the Velo. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, oh my <laughs> God, we can't believe what this fucking thing does. And now the wings that are flying nowadays are just <laughs> insane. Because <laughs> the Leia's... Like it's uh, a full level down from their hottest canopy because the pet is. Fuck me, man. That's the that's number two. That's the beast, yeah. (laughs) Well, and they say what they say. The Leia is the the working man's um, Petra. Yes. Fuck. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. So next steps potentially competition for both of you guys, but still cranking them out. Both of you guys are AFF, but do you do a lot of AFF? Uh, back in the states, like yeah. we go back home to Spaceland, a lot of AFF there. Uh, here, not so much, but uh, there is a lot of AFF though in those two months that you're there. So sure. you bang out, which is five hundred something AFF super jumps. Fun. I love hell. AFF. It's diff- that's the if you want to get a different jump every single time, sign up. It's right. rewarding. It's as absurd well. every single time. Yeah, very rewarding. For yeah. sure. What now? What's the? What do you think the most challenging part is of AFF, and what's the funnest part? I think they kind of come hand in hand because every time you get handed a student that you're not familiar with, you need to learn their, their teaching style, you need to learn le- their motivation, and then you need to actually see how they perform. And that's where, when I do judgment calls on someone, that's where I've been wrong more often than anything else, mm. which is, is cool for me because it keeps me on my toes. Uh, yeah, so it's just, w- no matter what you do, no matter how well you prepare, you're going to be surprised. Mm. Yeah. Do you, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, the most challenging, probably be, probably be radioing them down <laughs> under canopy. That's the most stressful thing because you just watch them in. They're like, cool, all right, good pattern. All right, arms up, arms up, arms up, arms. And they just full flare 30 feet. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yep. And then just smack. Yeah, so no, that's the most stressful part for me, 100%. Yep. No, I'm right there with you. My, the last AFF I ever did, a student pile drive themselves into a road, and I went, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> that was the last AFF jump I ever did. Uh, Jumping in cross keys on the radios, as a matter of fact, a new AFF instructor named Yanir was on the radios. And we had one radio for all the students. So one instructor took care of it all. And one of the canopies, and there were three AFF in the air, one of the canopies had an issue. And now, of course, what you should do is say red canopy, check your canopy. What this guy did was key the mic and scream cut away cut away cut away and you know exactly what happened all of us were like no 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 oh wait no go ahead and it was amazing so yeah yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely now with aff do you find that that makes you a better flyer as well yes yeah 100 it uh it's it's combat skydiving Mm. it's not the prettiest flying but like you will you will 100% get where you need to be faster than any other skydive because someone's life actually depends on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I learned a lot from that. Like, I'm here. I should be there. We need to make this happen the next three seconds. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, also having to break down for them verbally what it is they need to do in order to make something happen, I had to think so much more about what I was doing in order to get that across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes way more. You have to dress different. You have to dress for success way more than any other skydive. Yeah, there's just so many more elements in AFF than any other skydive. It keeps me so much more awake. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that it was funny because I the the idea of getting my tandem rating initially was horrifying, and it turned out to be the most relaxing, easygoing way to skydive. <laughs> it's the easiest yeah. course. Right. <laughs> now, for you, um, what do you wear when you do a tandem? Uh, when I do it, t- when I started out, I would wear as much drag on my legs, really as much drag as possible. Mm. And at this point, I'm comfortable enough that it doesn't matter. But it took me three or four years to get to the point where I could. I now I feel comfortable wearing whatever I want nice. because I am comfortable enough in my skills to figure it out. Nice. But yeah, for the first several years, it was baggy, baggy, baggy pants. Sure. Super baggy. <laughs> I kept a ton of drag on my entire career just because I was fucking lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was just lazy. How much do you want to work? Yes, yeah. absolutely. How about you? Did you start out wearing a lot of drag? Started off full jumpsuit, like my very first jumpsuit ever. Thousand Kodura everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> hot as hell. But <laughs> yep, it worked. Yeah, uh, started off with that, and then now it's more of just like swoop shorts or jeans and a t-shirt. Because I mean, I'm above enough surface area to outfly. You got a little most reach. people. You got a little reach. But uh, yeah, just so a little. Now I'm just chilling. Nice. Now, well, I mean. 
it's funny because it's also a comfort thing, but it's a bit of a fashion thing as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Which was not, that never entered my mind back then. <laughs> it was, you were already the coolest kid on the plane because you were taking somebody else on a tandem, so it didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, it, especially at a, at a busy tandem drop zone, you, and where, where everybody's working, where it's fucking hot as hell, yeah. keep it cool. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Keep it cool in two different ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number one rule, look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Look good doing what you're doing, right? So now, uh, if people want to find out more about you guys, if people want to track what's going on or they want to come out and make a jump with you, do you guys have social media that you're posting on I, and doing Instagram and all that stuff, especially for NZ Aerosports? Yeah, uh, Instagram, at Flying Johnson. At Fly- <laughs> <laughs> came together perfectly <laughs> it did that that paints a fucking amazing picture uh yeah me as well instagram uh at this is debbie d-e-b-i swedish style not sure why not as clever but fair enough easy to spell so i always wrap things up when i'm talking to people asking if you had to give advice to two different groups of skydivers i, I want to hear what you'd say to people that are just getting in the sport what should they be thinking about what should they be focusing or not focusing on and for people that may be getting burned out they've been in it a long time and they're either looking to find something new or get out what would you say to either of those groups to people first getting in the sport i would say don't don't take it too seriously too fast, hmm. like I did, and, and, and enjoy, enjoy the learning process and enjoy the fun jumping while you can, because for me, it just it cut too short, hmm. and there's so much of that that I wish I had taken longer. And then same would go to the latter end of that, is that the people getting burned out, you need to fun jump more. Hmm. You know for a fact you need to fun jump more. That's what started your love for this sport. And when you stop doing that, of course you're gonna you're gonna forget that. Sure. Yeah. Either either fun up more, or maybe it is time to move on, get another full time job doing something else, and then you can become that shitty weekend <laughs> skydiver and just like show up and just wreak havoc and then leave and like on it. That's the coolest person. See, to this be. is where I'm glad that there's no video for this podcast because you clearly just pointed straight at me going that <laughs> shitty old skydiver that just goes out on the weekends. Fair enough. No, 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 no. I'll cop to it. I'll admit to it. I think that's the coolest guy. The, 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 the people that, the, the weekend skydivers whose money does not rely on this, and they just come in for two, three days, they come out, they fuck shit up, yep. and then they leave. They have the time of their life. We'll see them in the next five days. Yeah. Like, Walk away going, you guys fix it. Yeah, it's fucking cool. <laughs> How about you? Uh, for the newbies, I would say take it slow. Mm. Like, everyone want, is in a rush to get to this certain point or downsize to this canopy or swoop or do this or get to this free flying. Like, take it slow. You got plenty of time in the sport. The sport's not going anywhere. Yep. Get proper coaching. Take it easy. Learn the right way. Don't just wing it. Yep. Uh, for the burnt out guys, same thing. Remember why you started. Remember why you're here in the first place. Definitely fun jump more. I'm a big advocate for fun jumping. Mm. The biggest. The more... I, I would I fun jump more than I work jump, I feel like. Sure. But fun jump, fun jump, fun jump. It keeps you I don't know, it keeps you more in love with the sport. It sure. makes you, you don't get burnout as much. Sure. So yeah, fun jump. That's the key, I think, to nice. not getting I kind of found um, I, I, my passion for it was all rekindled when I went back out and just surrendered to sucking yeah. at, at what was going on and, and not being a, you know the best guy ever on or not having to think about it, not even caring and going and learning and stuff. And and uh, um, a mutual friend, I'm sure you got well, you might not know uh, Junior, uh, David Junior Ludwig, no. uh, swooper um, instructor, all around badass. Um, he had made the suggestion that we should go out and make a fun jump after a couple of years of my being on the ground, and the idea actually made me nervous. And I went, oh, fuck, <laughs> it's time to jump again. That, the idea scared me. So it, it was super exciting. And, and same thing with the tunnel, getting back in and sucking at the tunnel as well. Awesome. Guys, cheers. Cheers. One cheers. more time. Fantastic chat. A pleasure hearing. I always love hearing the stories. I always love getting the advice to newer jumpers coming up and, and finding out what's coming on. And, and if you guys end up competing, we'll be tracking you. Uh, for everybody listening, you guys have got the social media stuff to follow these guys. And again, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys. See ya. And there you go. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can brought to you, as always, by, that's right, NZ Aerosports. Fuck 
yeah. Brought to you by Summit Parachute Systems. Head to SummitParachuteSystems.com. You can check out the badass pilot rigs that Jarrett Martin and the family are cranking out over there, as well as the incredible rigging courses that Jarrett gives. As for me, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com where you can find links to all the previous podcasts and both the books. We'll see you next time.